Hi there, welcome to Tech Talk with Lee. I'm your host, Lee Stoker, your local tech enthusiast, here to talk about tech. How's your week been? It has been an interesting one for me. Um, interesting because we've had, a couple of weeks ago, we've had WWDC, and it was massive. And we kind of have this this lull, this... Uh, this slowdown of things, I guess you could say. Um, we haven't, we don't have a real lot. We've got um, the Galaxy Note being launched, I believe, next month, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, we don't really have a lot of stuff coming up, I guess, till our iPhone and Pixel events. They, they're traditionally in, at the end of the year, they're traditionally September, October period. Um, September for iPhone, October, it was a month later for, for Pixel. Google wanted to, to give themselves a bit of daylight between the iPhone launch and the Pixel launch. Not a bad move, if you ask me. Did, did anyone ask me? I don't know. So what have we got here? We haven't got a lot of stuff. In other words, we don't have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So we'll probably have a shorter podcast. Um, We're up to episode three. Number three, still here. So let's get right into it with what I consider the tech news to talk about. Let's go. Okay, so Xbox Series X first party game showcase is coming on July 23rd. So we saw what the PlayStation had to offer a week ago, maybe. Time has stood still in, in the, the time of Corona, unfortunately. So it looks like, yeah, um, Xbox have tweeted out that there's, a, there's an Xbox game showcase July 23rd, 9am Pacific time. So that's going to be interesting. So apparently, we're going to see what the new Xbox has to offer. Exciting times. I think um, I'm an Xbox guy. Um, Young fella has a PlayStation. But I've, I've always enjoyed the Xbox more than the, than, the, than the PlayStation, for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. But um, it, was, it actually be, it initially began with the controller. I still think the Xbox controller is superior. Don't hate at me. Don't jump onto your socials and have a go. But I think it's a, it's a superior controller. Read into that however you want. Anyway, so... Xbox is announcing their game showcase. Um, so it doesn't look like they're going to be actually talking about any hardware. It's all going to be software or games or only focused on games, which is good. Um, there's little information to go on. So we're not quite sure. Um, we do know that 
they kind of had a had a, had a bit of a, a video release a month ago now maybe I'm thinking that wasn't wasn't amazing you know it wasn't amazing but um it was still good and we'll see we'll see now I guess a, a, some gameplay footage which is what we really want a bit of gameplay footage So I look forward to that. When that pops out, pops out. When it, when it happens, I'll let you know. Okay, number two. There's a new app out on iPhone called Focus, Focus Live. So um, those that have, that have a newish iPhone um, or a Pixel, but um, it's specifically for iPhone, have probably seen... Um, or use portrait mode for photos. So it, it adds this, um, adds depth of field to your photos. So it kind of looks like you're taking it with a high-end digital camera. Um, the bokeh effect, they call it. So essentially it keeps the, the focus of the image um, in focus and blurs out the background. Very cool. And it, it's, it's um, pixel and iPhone are kind of the leaders in, in this department. They've done a really good job at, at, at displaying it, at working. And you can see it live on the, on the iPhone. Um, on the Pixel, it's post-taking post of the photo that then, then, then apply their filters. Um, it depends on what camp you're in and, and what you prefer and what the eye prefers to see. Um, I really like what the Pixel produces for the portrait mode, but iPhone is no slouch either. And the fact that you can see it as a, in a demo um, before you take the photo um, kind of allows you to get it right. It still does, does post-processing to the photo afterwards, but it is, um, does a great job. Does, does get some really nice photos. Um, so that's, anyway, this is this new app um, out on iPhone um, is now available called Focus Live. It adds the functionality to shoot wide aperture photos with a bokeh effect on the iPhone. Um, so then, uh, this is a nine to five Mac article. Since then, some apps have tried tackling adding a bokeh effect to iPhone videos with software alone, but that usually doesn't work too well. So it's been about four years, believe it or not, since portrait mode arrived on the phone. So Focus Alive allows you to shoot the wide aperture with bokeh effect video for iPhones on dual cameras, triple camera, and the front face ID camera. Um, I did download it and had a bit of a look. It's okay. Um, I guess you, you know, you'd have to kind of work with it a little bit to understand what the pitfalls are. And it's... Um, it's quite interesting. It's quite intriguing because we know that, that Google and Apple are working on this stuff in the background to go with video. They want the phone, the iPhone um, or the Pixel to replace the digital camera. Um, it never will officially. It never, you, know, you can do so much more. On a, on a digital camera than you can on, on any mobile device, of course. But it's, 
really intriguing to see how close they can get. Because at the end of the day, if we're just taking our photo and video, sharing it to social media, who cares? You know, it's not going to be uh, up in, in the, at the movies if they, if they ever open again. It's not going to be there, right? So 80% of the way is, is all the way these days. If they can get close enough, and they can they can do a good enough job. Again, I'll, I'd quickly used it. it. It wasn't that promising for me, but you know, if you've got um, if you probably got a, a tripod, it probably would would probably work better. I noticed as I moved it around, it was it was kind of um, having issues using the using the bokeh effect and, and bringing it into play um, with edges and things, which is obviously what where the issue is going to be. Anyway. Um, it's available now on the App Store. It's free. So fill your boots. That then have uh, advanced um, options there with an in-app purchase. Now, it's $1.99 a month. This is US. Nine bucks a year or $15 for a lifetime subscription. So have a look. Download it for free. See if you think it's, it does the job. Kind of a bit weird at the moment, I think, for to do, do photos, do video like this, and then upload it on Facebook. But anyway, let me know what you think. Um, that's my opinion, for what it's worth. Apple TV Plus signs a multi-year deal with Maurice Sendek Foundation to produce new children's content. So, do you remember uh, when you were a kid? There was a book, a famous book, called "Where the Wild Things Are." Used to love it. Used to love this book um, as a child. So it looks like Apple TV Plus have bought the rights to turn it into a series. Um, there was a movie adaptation. It was done quite a few years ago now, 2009. They did a live action. And I never saw it. It, um, I think it did okay at the box office. But either way, Apple have signed a deal um, to see, to then utilize the, the story artwork, etc. Be interesting, see what they can come up with. Apple TV Plus, I've used it twice maybe since I've had it which was October. There is so much content out there at the moment. You know, just in Australia here, we've got Netflix, we've got Stan, we've got Binge, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got, what else have I missed? The the sports stuff, KO. Um, There's a Channel 10 offering, 10 Play or whatever they call it. There's heaps, there's so much to, there's more shows than time. At the moment, so it, I've spoken about this in the past before. Apple TV Plus um, is only going to be doing original content. We'll see how long that lasts. So they're apparently they're in talks with with major studios to to bring in some some additional content, um, TV shows and movies and things. Let's hope they can do it. Um, it's got an excellent interface on Apple TV. It is really schmick, like all the stuff that Apple does. But the content 
like like the web, we've been saying it on the web for years, content is king, and it's the same on TV. Okay, so we, we've got a limited amount of time to watch a limited amount of shows. Um, some of that, that gets carved up into, into um, multiple bits of types of content that we want to consume, right? So whether it's web-based, if it is going to be on, on, t- on TV or a streaming service, I've got so much time that I, that I want to allow for, for documentaries, so much time for TV, um, regular sitcoms, so much time, et cetera. There's only so much time that, that Apple, Apple have to grab your attention. So on that, this Friday, um, one big budget film that Apple bought is going to be released on Apple TV Plus as an exclusive. The World War II drama Greyhound, starring and producing, I think, is Tom Hanks. Um, so this was set to be released in the theatre over summer, this summer in the States, and with COVID-19 showing its ugly head, all of those bets went out the window. So they, they had a bidding war for this amongst the networks. Apple won out. Um, not quite sure. can't remember what the amount was. It was a lot. There's a lot of money. Might have been 70 million or some, something, some huge amount um, for exclusive streaming rights for one movie. I mean, these, this stuff isn't cheap. But in the, in the times, it's, it would be hard to argue that it, you would be able to turn a profit if it was released in the movies. So uh, there's been a couple of reviews, kind of mixed reviews. Some people think it's great. Some people think it's a bit tired um, and it's lacking something. Anyway, I haven't seen it yet. So this Friday, it's going to be available to, to watch. Um, we'll see how it goes. This is probably... probably going to be the way going forward at least as an option as an alternative you know if, the, if america can't get their this this virus sort of sorted out as far as it um been passed around um this is going to be the way forward for a while and who knows maybe maybe it was probably heading this way anyway it just was turned up to 11. The next version of Chrome could remove a major source of battery drain, according to Gizmodo Australia. So Chrome is a, is a resource hog. Everyone knows it. Anyone that knows anything about this stuff agrees. Um, if you're running a laptop and you're running Chrome, um, offer on its own battery, it kills it. It really does. Um, it just seems to, you know, even if you're, if you're, even if you're trying to do multiple things on, a, on Chrome um, and running other apps at the same time, um, you see the fans normally kick in when you run a laptop and it, and it just, it takes up a lot of resources. So apparently then it's a future update that is going to give you up to two hours of more battery life if you use it on mobile. So it looks like what they're changing 
um, which will be uh, Chrome 86, version 86, is a new feature that limits the JavaScript timer wake-ups for background websites to just once a minute. So Safari already do this if you use Safari, and that's why I'm, I'm assuming it attributes to the great battery life. So Chrome uh, reviewed the data showing that users don't really benefit from Chrome tracking changes to websites in the background more than once a minute. So they're reducing the frequency of the JavaScript wakeups to improve the battery drain. So what does it do when it, when it, um, when you look at what a JavaScript wakeup does, it's checking the current layout of the website, managing trackers, or looking at ads. So they did some testing. So they limited JavaScript wake-ups to once a minute. Google was able to extend the battery life of a laptop with 36 tabs open. 36 tabs open? I've got one, two, three, four, five. Uh, okay, never mind. That's good. 36 tabs open in the background by 28%. So two hours. So then they tried it with a video playing as well. And they've got 13% better battery life. It's half an hour. So the current version of Chrome, um, when one web page executes a, a JavaScript wake-up, it can cause every background tab to perform a wake-up check. So if you've got 36 tabs open, one kicks off, the whole lot of them go. So that's good, that should, that should improve things, um, as well as on mobile too. We'll see how that runs. One of the greatest games of all time is coming to mobile. I've, I'm addicted to this game. Okay, so the game I'm talking about is Mudrunner. Um, there's two versions of it out on console and, and PC, uh, Mudrunner and Snowrunner. So what this is, this is a game that essentially puts you in the, the driving seat of a, a truck driver that um, is trying to transport goods over a, a particularly hard to access and, and, and muddy kind of landscape. Sounds exciting, no? No. Anyway, I'm addicted to this game. I can't stop playing the bloody thing. But it is now going to be released on mobile. So if you've got Android or iPhone, July 15th, which is next week-ish, you will be able to play Mudrunner. Now, I've already, <laughs> already pre-bought it, so pre-ordered it. Um, I've got problems. Anyway, I don't have to get kicked off the console anymore because I can play it while I'm sitting on the toilet. Fantastic. The... Um, it was about 10 bucks. That's Aussie currency. That's in dingo diggery doos dollars. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway, another way to see how I can waste more time driving trucks around in the slowest moving game of all time. This thing sold millions. It's, it's really, it's taken off. It's huge. 
final story for today. Um, so Google, Google has a history of bringing things out and pushing it really hard and then falling asleep and then killing it a year or two later. Um, so they kind of move fast um, and then if they can be bothered, they keep going. Otherwise, they don't. When it comes to Google Apps on iOS, um, it's had a kind of a, a checkered history. So you might remember if you had one of the first iPhones that YouTube used to be an app built into the iPhone. And it, was, it, was, it was pre-installed. It was there. Um, that was pre-app store. And then once, once they pulled it off there and converted it into, once the app store came along, they converted it into an app that you could download. And it was removed as the default install. Um, there was a whole heap of nasty stuff that went on between Google and Apple, um, mainly because Google was behind Android. And then there was the whole Samsung copying iPhone type thing. That seems like a lifetime ago now. Anyway, it did happen. And anyway, so the history of, of, of Google Apps um, on iOS, so whether it's iPad or iPhone, has been kind of weird. It's been a, it's been a weird history. Um, they do them, and, but it's like that's just the, the bare basics of what they have to do. Even though, I mean, I don't know the stats, but there are a hell of a lot of people that use the Google Apps on iOS. They, they just are. There's heaps. So they've had the Gmail app, which is, which is Google's Gmail uh, email client um, and service, which is free, or there's a, there's a paid version. Um, this has been running on iOS for years and years and years. Um, I use it myself. And the problem I always had was um, in iOS, uh, iOS 8, I'm not sure, it was five years ago. I can't add. Um, 2015, um, the iPad brought in functionality into the operating system called split screen. So you could have two apps next to each other. Very cool, really useful um, for those multitaskers that, that are kind of having maybe a, a, a browser open on one side and note, note taking on the other side. Or if you've got email on one side and, and, and a document on the other side or a to-do app or whatever. Um, whole heap of different scenarios. But basically, you could split the screen in half and have two different apps running at the same time. Very cool feature. Um, I tend to use it. Um, I had the mail app open. I could drag stuff over to my to-do list, and it would kind of link them all together. It was cool. I can drag and drop. Um, turned, made, the, made the iPad into something closer that closely resembled a, a computer that we use. So I... Um, don't use my iPad for, for, for computer work as much as some others do. Um, but but a, a famous holdout for, for split screen were the Google Apps. So I think last year we had um, Google Docs and Sheets and all those, um, you know, the Google Docs kind of suite of, of apps, they moved over to allow split screen to work. And everyone was like, hallelujah. Anyway, Gmail still didn't. Gmail was a still, still a famous holdout. They didn't want to, they didn't want to change. So overnight, 
There's now an update to Gmail that allows split screen on the iPad. It's only been five years, Google, no rush. Things, it's all built into the software Xcode, which you, which you use to, to create the app and then, and then send it on to the App Store. So they just, they finally, finally have turned that around. Again, haven't used it yet. Um, I'll probably check it out during the week, but it is good to see that they've finally lifted their game and allowed split screen of Gmail in iOS. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. We have a website for you can head over to anchor.fm slash Lee Stoker. From here, you can see and uh, other, other episodes to download. You can leave a message uh, for me. I can, if it's nice enough, I'll play it on the air. Um, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, please jump over there and, and leave a message, a voice message. Look forward to it. You can also find me at leestoker.com. Um, there you see my links to various social media, but you can get me on Twitter, at leestoker. You can get me on Instagram, at leestoker. There's a theme here. Get me anywhere, at leestoker. Just head over to the website, you'll find it all there. But that's it for this week. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.